The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. The Mr. Nelson Show, brought to you by The Nelson Store at Zazzle.com. There you'll find t-shirts, posters, mugs, and other items with my lovely artwork upon them. Go there now and have yourself some Nelson paraphernalia to fill out your life. Yes. And if you're a little bored and you need a little something to help you get away from it all, check out Nelson Theater at Selfie.com slash Nelson. That's S-E-L-L-F-Y dot com slash N-A-I-L-S-I-N. Yes, it's just that simple. There you'll find my poor man mystery science theater treatment of old public domain movies within the sci-fi and horror genres. Yes, they'll have my witchy commentary, cartoon sound effects, inappropriate laugh tracks, and on occasion, due to an extreme lack of talent, bathroom humor. (laughs) Oh, it's all fun waiting for you, and they're dirt cheap. But all of this will go a long way in supporting and helping out your old pal, Mr. Nelson. And now, it's time for the Mr. Nelson Show! This is the Mr. Nelson Show, episode 242! Yes, the number 42 is the answer you've been seeking. And uh, my guest now is Gary Beekler of NerdRotic.com and the NerdRotic channel on YouTube for all your discussion of your favorite sci-fi and fantasy genres that sadly these days seem to be on the verge of committing suicide. Uh, yeah. So welcome to the Mr. Nelson Show, Gary. I am very glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes. Well, uh, uh, we had technical problems the last time we met, so I guess I'll start where I was then before we crash again. You got it. <laughs> was with uh, the sad story of Doctor Who, uh, which uh, was in decline already. Uh, going out with Peter Capaldi, who, in my opinion, was the best of the new Doctor Who uh, actors. And, uh, but he never got the stories that I felt was worthy of his talent. And they decided to go with, well, let's make the Doctor a woman. And uh, rather than deal with that obvious choice and make a story out of it, they just pretty much changed the Doctor into a woman and then moved on immediately with bland, lackluster uh, plots. Agreed. Uh, I, as I think I've said it in a video, they, they you would have had to spend an entire season and a full season, not a shortened season with a bunch of companions that take away from your screen time. Yeah. Uh, just <laughs> dealing with the the just the physical nature of like the change, right? Uh, you know, time lords are Gallifreyans, right? So right. They, they they're still they start out as humanoid beings that uh, they still have to deal with these things. Now it's very loose, fast and loose. Hey, that's what I love about Doctor Who is the canon. Yeah, is some of the best canon out there because you can play fast and loose with it. You don't have to adhere to it that much. But uh, yeah, it, it it certainly could have brought more people in. In my opinion, it was going to be tough anyway. Let's oh yeah. Clear. Uh, I mean, it, it with 50 plus years, it wouldn't have been my call, but I was not totally opposed to the concept if they were going to exploit the concept, which they didn't. And, uh, and, and it, there's a lot of talk about, oh, let's do a female James Bond, a female Sherlock Holmes and all that crap. And but with Doctor Who, it's the one character where you could reasonably work around that within the lore of Doctor Who as pertaining to regeneration and, and explore regeneration, which they've never fully done. They've only hinted at it here and there about what things could happen and that sort of thing. And then to the, the full on do it, but they just didn't. <laughs> no. And they let uh, Stephen Moffat introduce it. So it, yeah. it's, it's something you should have led on with uh, other than just talking about it in passing and then having another, a couple characters do it prior 
Right. Uh, and, and Stephen Moffat is the king of the red herring. So he'll, he'll plant something <laughs> that seems interesting. You know, he's, right. he's very, yeah. He's, <laughs> it took me a while to realize that he is the British JJ Abrams. Yes. <laughs> the British <laughs> exactly. Stephen Moffat. Yeah. And, and the, he just mystery boxes. So what he does is, yeah. And, and, you've ever seen jj abrams video uh, his ted talks on i did i did yes yeah. it's it's enlightening it's it really is he tells yeah. you his entire plan which is ah, oh, we don't really mean to pay off anything it's not really about paying <laughs> off anything it's about your journey so and 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 that doesn't work it works in life life can be a journey but you definitely need a payoff in a story there are some stories where that might work and the, the drama and the uh, character development enough is powerful enough to get there where you kind of complete it yourself, but it's rare. And I very, don't think JJ never really fulfilled that. Certainly not with Lost and the like. And here, same with Moffat, where he was very good at atmospherics and setups and teases, but the payoff, of course, never arrives. No, and and having a showrunner who is really in the kind of the postmodern storytelling and uh, you know shades of gray, which Doctor Who absolutely works great with, but you yeah. still need to have a bad at some yeah. point. And, and Moffat always had a hard time with the Daleks. He just had the hardest time <laughs> with the Daleks. <laughs> oh, uh, and Russell T Davies, it just came, you know, because he Russell T Davies came, uh, approached Doctor. You know, he's he's got a background. You know, of course, he did Queer as Folk. Yeah, but yeah, he yeah. also has a background in children's programming, and he kind of came at it with that approach, right? And it worked. The Daleks are bad, you know, yeah. and then, and and the, <laughs> and the worst, the the deepest they got was actually the first the first Dalek episode. Dalek is still yeah, that was that. that was a masterpiece. Yeah, and you know, at the time, I didn't realize it. It's it's I, yeah. much later that uh, I appreciate that episode. But it's it's just it's it's almost kind of a bit of a fulfillment because they, they had to explain the gap of Doctor Who from the old series to the new. And, gee, what happened? So they came up with the time war and all that. And then to have that confrontation, it's not on, it's not quite as the in my opinion, the ultimate masterpiece of Doctor Who is Genesis of the Dialects, which it has probably one, the if not the best, the best confrontation between hero and villain with the brief you know confrontation between the doctor and Davros there. Yep. And it's very simplistic and so many lessons there. And then here you have the doctor so much time later confronting what he believes to be the last of his ultimate enemy. And he's the last of his people. And there's that, you know, encounter there. <laughs> it, it was very well done. It was so well done. And it was, you know, the whole, like, what was this for? You know, yeah, it's like, exactly. It's like, God, what was this all for? Yeah. And, uh, you know, kind of Rose being there, being right, like, right. You know, um, that's what a companion is there to be. It's not there, uh, to, you know, as, as God is even Jody has disrespected the canons of people who cheer the doctor on. I, yeah, I've never seen a companion. Uh, yes. The seventies and, you know, Hey, John Pertwee is one of my favorite doctors. And yes, yeah. it was the seventies. He's all a little lady, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, it was the time, but it was still, I know like, Elizabeth Shaw got ran off and everybody hated her, but she was a strong, she was, great. Oh yeah. I loved her, you know, yeah. um, probably didn't play well back then, but <laughs> I lo I loved her. So it, it's a same, it's a strange, a strain of today that is a lot of people thinking they've just now discovered feminism or something as if it is a brand new thing. And it's, it most certainly isn't. And Jody, you know, when she did that interview with David Tennant, it, it certainly ex uh, explained a lot about her approach and some of that it's not necessarily bad that she's not really into doctor who and she wouldn't necessarily have to be, but you're supposed to be a professional and you respect the job you've been given, you know, <laughs> and you don't sit there and say, well, all the previous versions were celebrating the white male gaze and all this nonsense. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just so very foolish and unnecessary. Well, yeah. And it's such an elitist worldview. And like, she has a lot of, parallels with brie larson now jody okay yeah. jody is not as it, it publicly just in certain interviews jody comes off way more charming than brie larson right now. <laughs> it doesn't um, take much <laughs> no it doesn't and even in that interview i and i think i said it in my video i could see how she won over people in an audition but the execution was really poor yeah and um and and she was behind the eight ball anyway like we just right. discussed bringing in politics of any kind, I don't care what side of any kind, instead of uh, exploring 
what what it means to be a female doctor. I, yeah. I'm not saying that would have won me over, but you could have won a lot of of your old fans back. And, and yeah. as you know, I mean, like I, I, a lot of people came to my channel and and probably talked to you. And you found you, we find each other on Twitter and other places for a lot of reasons. There's yeah. not just I don't like the, the female doctor. There's I don't like this direction this is going. I, it hasn't been going in a good direction for like you stated earlier. It, it for yeah. quite some yeah. time now. Right. Um, so maybe that forced. That's my opinion of this. Is it it forced a drastic change because they just thought it was on the verge of dying anyway, which it probably was. To yeah, be honest with you. I suspect so. And I. I have to, and there's some amount of evidence that there's a checklist that's beyond whoever the showrunner is. I mean, recently, you know, there's, I think, yeah, it was you who pointed me to this uh, article where Moffat had said, you know, we got to, we, we got to play to the Brexit audience as well, you yeah. know, and consider them. And I thought, wow, that's, that's a real revolution there. So I kind of wonder if he was overruled on some of these directions that the show had to go. It had to have a certain amount of this or that in it, whether he wanted to or not. And it might be the same for Chibnall. I don't know. I suspect it. It is. Uh, I I get so many emails now, and I lost. Uh, I'm still looking for it. Somebody sent me on Facebook um, a breakdown of the BBC's. Uh, God, it was like. Uh, hmm, trying to think of the statement for it. It was a mission statement of the new BBC. And I had heard something about this. I remember reading an article on Radio Times. No, it was uh, it was one of the tabloids in 2012 okay. that said that the, somebody, some new person became in charge of the BBC, and they were definitely going to go in this direction of political correctness. Uh, the article was pretty hyperbolic, and at the time, I'm like, whatever. But it turned out to be the case. I think a lot of things kind of worked against Stephen Moffat, because I don't know if you agree with this or not, but his writing absolutely changed after the 50th anniversary it just yeah. was night and day um <laughs> whether you liked five or six or not they still felt like doctor who yeah in the new fashion and something happened after that 50th anniversary in 2012 that absolutely changed now i know at one point he rage quit twitter because he was getting a bunch of uh a bunch of a bunch of people saying he was sexist basically oh god so, <laughs> and and he is famously thin-skinned so, and he even says it, he's like, yeah, I had to get off Twitter. It was just not a good place for me. Yeah. It was probably a good move. Yeah. I, I, I think so. <laughs> I think it's stuck in his head. And I think it, it, it got into his head, his wheelhouse, and he started changing his writing and he's all screwed. I'll just be PC. What the hell? I'll just do what <laughs> they say. I'll take my paycheck, whatever. And, yeah. um, th they had to convince him to stay on. Uh, he, he was going to go. You know, and then Chibnall didn't want to take on the Christmas episode and he had yeah. to take, you know, and that's why it was written so poorly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, now, the, the Christmas episode didn't bother me as much, but I do see the argument of what they did to Hartnell's doctor. Uh, as much as I like David Bradley, but the, the ridiculous, we got to play to feminism and, you know, and, and misandry and what have you with those lines like that. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I, I would rather you just didn't do it. Yeah, I, I, David Bradley portrayed him very well, what he was given. I would love to see them take, I mean, why not? Why not, you know? Uh, Do a get, whole series uh, of David Bradley? <laughs> yeah, get Sean Pertwee to do the third Doctor, and I'm oh, yeah. the actor's name who did the second Doctor in uh, Adventures in Time and Space. Right, right. Why not? I mean, it'd be fun. I'd love to see that. If uh, they were still going at the height that they'd achieved in the middle of New Who, I, I would have thought they could do like specials in between series, yeah. you know, this special episodes and hire these guys to do that for extra stories. Certainly Paul McGann. I mean, my God, when I saw him in that night of the doctor mini episode, I was like, I, I just want to see this guy <laughs> and I yeah, guess we'll never get it. And, and that's, you know, the, there's the double edged sword of the BBC. They, you, there will never be a danger of them oversaturating anything, which is almost good, but yeah. you will never get that stuff because of budget budgetary reasons if it was owned by an american company there would be doctor who stuff everywhere and it probably would have been oversaturated and it probably right. wouldn't last it 50 years to be honest with you so yeah yeah you got to give and take on that but uh it's just i kind of wanted like a, a, a or even like a small mini series 
detailing the time war with Paul McGann. I, I, I'm not really a fan of the war doctor uh, idea. I understand why he had to do it. He was kind of caught at the last minute, really, because he just knew he could get Eccleston to come back and Eccleston said, I'm not coming back. So, but, uh, I, you know, I kind of liked it better when it could have been like a Paul McGann story, but what are you going to do? Yeah. So. And, you know, I don't know. Eccleston could do what he wants. It's his life, but that that would have been brilliant if he would have come back. Oh that yeah, have, yeah. Whew, uh, that's a missed opportunity. And I know been, there's a lot might. of those in there, but yeah, that was the big the big cutoff because then that the, that was a terrible way for uh, Matt Smith to go out. I didn't think that was a good episode at all. <laughs> but, oh God, I know. And then that, like. Well, the whole him going to Hollywood and shaving his head and Karen yeah. Gillen leaving, you could tell there was a bunch of unplanned stuff. Yeah. Uh, I talked about it on a, on a couple podcasts that, you know, I collect all the toys and all the toys used to be related to something into in the show and they would come out with the toys early. Now, not every single time, but they came out with that uh, temporal, uh, the temporal uh, uh, sonic screwdriver. Um, oh and, yeah, 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 and it was it was supposed to be one that could work on wood, and there was supposed to be a big Dalek invasion of London. They even did a, uh, they they oh, they, re- yeah. they had a playset on it, you know, and yeah, uh, well, have- you know, I don't, I guess, I mean, you probably do know this, but Moffat had intended for Matt to stay on at least one more season. He had this mapped out idea of going into a dark direction. Which would make sense because how Capaldi comes in, he still goes with that because he's kind of a, a dark, mysterious doctor when he first appears. And the the only way you can chalk that up is, well, a bunch of stuff happened to Matt while he was aging on that, that planet. You know, what, I guess it was supposed to be Trenzalore. And he gets yeah. really old before he regenerates, which is explaining, I suppose, the gap in age between the two is that actually Matt Smith was actually very old when he regenerated into Capaldi. Yeah. And, and so they went with that, but he really wanted that. And it's an interesting thing because it's the same thing happened with Tenet. He was trying to talk Tenet into staying on for at least one one more season because <laughs> he had a bunch yeah. of ideas of how to transition from from one doctor to the next and all that but he just never got to do it yeah, that's too well it, it it's too bad yeah it's too bad but the, the the one concept that i would have loved to have seen was from the 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 um this gun that i have that is a piece of a uh, weeping angel a piece of a cyberman and a piece of the dalek and it was the church that put that together um oh I'm wow on their name around and it's a it's a uh it's basically a gun that erases you from existence <laughs> and uh, it's got a tip of an angel finger and a dalek stock on it and cyberman technology and it was supposed to be after um so after the doctor had uh died basically and decided to lay low everybody thought the doctor was dead and right. the daleks and the cybermen and the weeping angels all went to war with each other across the universe and they basically wiped each other out and it was the church that went over the pieces of these battles and put together <laughs> these guns and and tried to like defend the the universe basically and that's what it says on the back of this toy right and they changed Jeez. the back of it later but that that was going to be the concept I'm like god damn that would have been brilliant yeah i, I know pulled it off but holy shit um, so there's a lot of outside factors that, you know, it's not always someone, one particular personality's fault, but, you know, things happen. Yeah, that yeah. is. Sorry for cussing. I didn't mean to cuss. Here. Oh, that's that's okay. It happens on this show. It's, it's no problem. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, Doctor Who is pretty much done, I think. The only best hope is that it gets another hiatus and somebody gets control of it. I don't see that happening in the way we would want, but it's all very sad. And we had a good run for a while and I guess he just got to let it go. It is. It's, yeah. it's really sad. It's, it's sad that they had to play identity politics. They, um, I am, and I'll still say this till the end of time. They didn't need to, uh, they could have brought in a new character. Uh, the, this universe is, is huge. They can yeah. bring in tons of new characters. Um, they could. Re- I, they'll, I'm sure they'll relaunch Torchwood someday. I mean, I don't think that's dead forever. It's such a great concept, and you know, as long yeah. as John Barrowman's tripping around, he'll do it. <laughs> yeah. um, I, you know, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if he's hard to work with or not. But every time I've seen him, everybody loves this guy. Yeah. Every 
person. He does this thing at Comic-Con every year. Anything goes with John Berriman. It is the best thing to go to. If you're ever in San Diego and you do get to the comic, uh, Comic-Con, that is the one panel you should go if you're not. Okay. <laughs> it's hilarious. I, and he's, yeah, he, he's great. Um, and I saw him, I saw him, uh, th- last year and, uh, we were going up an escalator and I, I, I look over and he's like, he's completely gray. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, he's yeah. He looked <laughs> great. He looked great. But fine. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like we should all look that great, right? He's got nothing to complain about. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He, you know, he's a happy guy. He's oh a yeah, happy guy. So uh, you got to admire that. Uh, the only thing that would give me pause about a new Torchwood show is I don't want this new uh, staff of writers uh, getting their hands on. <laughs> no, God, no. And that's it's, that's a great point. You know, yeah, like, so, we all want these to come back but do we want them to come back now right uh, so we have a, a really similar problem that's already happened to another great uh, beloved franchise that being star trek oh god how shall i count the ways <laughs> i still haven't watched the most recent episode and i don't know that i'll i'll get to it eventually but well, I'm about to do my breakdown video on it tomorrow, and uh, yeah. it got delayed because a lawsuit update came, came out. I saw your recent video on that, and that we'll go, let's just talk about that. That's one of the because there's many sins with Star Trek Discovery, and as compared to all these other franchises that screw up, like Star Wars and the like. But Star Trek has this damn lawsuit on it. It's just blatant, blatant theft. And I just, you know, when I first saw it, I thought, oh, well, maybe it's just a confusing thing here. And I said, oh, my God. I was looking at his whole setup and everything. And it's just like, I can't. What else? Everything wrong about this show and then this. Yeah. And and I got to be careful. Um, <clears throat> Anas has told me stuff in private that I can't say. But yeah. Um, uh, he and I have corresponded a couple times on Twitter. That's it. We don't like talk to each other. We don't, I, uh, the videos are completely me. I see a blog post. I just, right. It to it's the, all public information. Yeah. I, and I shout it out because I feel compelled that nobody else is doing now. Other YouTubers have done it, which is great. But, uh, the latest one is, is the, this is the most important one. And if you don't see my video, watch Ricada Law's video on it. So oh, yeah. He, he He's invented this thing called a tard. Uh, it's a point and click game called Tardigrades. It has a giant blue tardigrade that travels instantaneously in time and space. Star Trek Discovery used that for the basis of their spore drive in season one. It is clearly, in my opinion, ripped off 100%. And as more things happen, it just looks that way. And the only way CBS is going to survive this one is the copyright lies or lies. I, I say that. <laughs> That's a slip. Laws, <laughs> lies, whatever. They yeah. are made to favor the big corporations. Yeah. Now, I understand why they need to be strong, but uh, this one is a clear cut case. And I still, I mean, honestly, I love Anas. I still think he'll probably lose because CBS is just a bigger corporation. But right. in the court of public opinion, he CBS is lost. This, this is clearly. Oh, yeah clearly ripped off and he and is not backing down he is not taking a settlement he wants a piece of the show <laughs> well now, i'd take the settlement if i because that show's not worth anything <laughs> no and that's just me saying that that is not anas is not told right me right right anas has said publicly is i am not taking a settlement and uh he's a fighter and this also i think other creators out there should kind of especially in independent creators get behind him on yeah. this because uh yeah it, it like it, if he wins I'll, I'll be shocked and happy but if he doesn't i'll be ready to do videos weekly on this because like it then something has to change in the laws because this is there is no doubt and it's just one of the problems with the show and 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 it's a great idea in Anas's game because it's just a point and click game and it's a dumb idea for star trek it's just dumb. oh yeah it's totally unnecessary uh, and I mean, I don't, it's, it's so long of a story to get through, but you did cover it in your video and Midnight's Edge talked about this and, uh, I'm forgetting his name, but the writer who had some amount of knowledge of the, the show. Robert Meyer Burnett. Right, right. Yeah. And he knew, uh, apparently had, he didn't exactly admit it, but he did insinuate <laughs> that he had seen Brian Fuller's original, uh, either outline or script for the first episode and it was completely different. And then you had the two, different versions of the creature and all this sort of thing. And I 
I I'm assuming and guessing they had to abandon that when Fuller left that 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 would have been some litigation problems there as well. I don't mm-hmm. know, but that that's why they somebody comes up with, "Hey, I've got this idea about the tardigrades and all. Oh, okay, we'll run with that." And then you later you find out that the guy stole it from <laughs> in my opinion <laughs> from this video yeah. game. And at that point right then and there, okay, one of your guys screwed up, just settle with the guy. Instead, they insulted him and all that. And that's so you know, more power to him. I understand why his his anger and, um, and, and and desire to fight. Yeah, absolutely. I think part of the reason is uh, I, I, I don't know his financial situation. I know nothing. He's never asked for a penny of crowdfunding ever. Wow. Um, I don't know how good as lawyers are, but I think Anas is just like, I got nothing to lose. I mean, he's an Egyptian. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, he's, he's, uh, he's got, I think a worker visa over here, but he still owns the rights to that. And there's still international copyrights and, and, he, right. uh, you know, or maybe he is a citizen. I don't know for sure, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, but I know that, uh, everything Star Trek Discovery claims to be, and then they're picking on this poor guy. Yeah, and it, it just proves that these companies that, that would talk about inclusive, inclusive oh, are just full of it, you know. And that, and that's the basis of what so many of us are trying to say is like, don't believe this crap. Um, that they're they're trying to push this to make money. We're trying to push them back into a di- direction of just entertain us, like. The movie I'm going to see tonight, hopefully it's good. Shazam looks like it's not going to preach at me. It looks right. like it's just going to be a fun. I, I could come back with a horrible review. But we'll <laughs> yeah. <see. laughs> um, so far, so good. It looks good. It looks, looks good. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's a long story. And, I, and, and to your audience out there, I highly recommend you try to find it. It's hard to find a story on it. but Yeah, uh, that's another problem. But that's another evidence of the power of CBS and so forth. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, like I said, the the ultimate uh, sin here of these franchises is they always they they take the Ghostbusters template and fall back on, well, you don't like it because you're not seeing your white male self represented in our movie. And that's the problem when at the same time they're that it's a lie and they're utilizing that for the cheap reasons of uh, protecting their lazy work. Uh, when these are, these are, of course, serious issues and stuff. But so then you come here with Captain Marvel and Brie Larson doing all that, who knew nothing about this character whatsoever. And you're left with, well, Brie, uh, you stole the name from a black woman. <laughs> when I was a kid, Captain Marvel was a black woman in the eighties. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> I mean, and then That's she- Captain Marvel, I know the, the, the Marvel. I know. I mean, I my first actual Captain Marvel story was his death. Right. So the real Captain Marvel to me was was uh, Monica Rambeau. Right. I remember yeah. Her first issue. I remember her showing up in the Avengers. I remember her thinking she was cool. And Secret Wars was the big deal for me when I was oh. a kid. That really that that I got the addiction then, and I just really I had a few comic books, but when Secret Wars and I got into that, and there she was, you know. God, I love those toys too. I know people think they're crap, but I, I have them all. I, I have them all on card. They're hanging in my office. I'm looking at one right now. Dang, I love Secret Wars so much, and the bad adaptation in the Spider-Man cartoon. Oh yeah, that was awful. It was so fun. Yeah, yeah, it was terrible. And was Secret terrible. Wars is one of those things where it was just to sell the toys, you know. And yep. so Jim Shooter is sitting there. Well, I got to write up something, and it's great. <laughs> it's yeah, just- it introduces the. We got Venom from that. I mean, right, right. Yeah. That's a long story, but oh man! But anyway, but anyway, I think that sets Star Trek separate from the others, where they went even further by stealing the story. There's some discussion that Ryan Johnson stole some ideas from fan fiction for Last Jedi, uh, but that's not exactly the same thing as (laughs) what Star Trek did here. But uh, but anyway, there we are. Uh, we could go on. The big fear is that Marvel, which has managed to maintain itself for 10 years with just basically being entertaining movies of adventure and, and uh, hero's journey and all that. And now we're seeing signs that that's over. <laughs> and the, I guess the Marvel Last Jedi is on its way. It, it certainly seems like that's the case. And I was just watching a video of emergency. Awesome. Charlie at emergency. Awesome is a great YouTuber. By the way, Uh, nothing bad to say about this guy. Uh, Talked about a theory of how captain Marvel 
using the Avengers, a team effort, but using Captain Marvel to destroy Thanos, kind of like how they uh, use Superman in Justice League. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because her binary, her binary powers, of course, don't last forever. And she needs like a source of energy. Um, okay. and that possibly Thor could be that source and Iron Man could like yeah. fire her up. And, uh, uh, you just threw that out there as a theory. I'm like, Oh my God, that sounds so plausible. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't think that'll happen. I don't think the Russos would do that, but, um, well, you know, the, there's been an awful lot of reshoots on that one, and I'm yeah, yeah. very curious if we'll ever find out what that's about. But even uh, what's her name, uh, you know, uh, uh, Amy from Doctor Who, who is Nebula now, said that, yeah, we've done so many. I've never done so many reshoots before. And she kind of joked that we'll be reshooting right up to the moment of the premiere, you know. They might be because they weren't allowed to shoot any Fantastic Four or X-Men stuff until two, until last Wednesday. Oh, yeah. But I, you got to wonder. Damn, that's right. Could you not build some sets in anticipation? Like, hey, we're just building a set. Yeah. I don't know what it's for. I mean, don't <laughs> forget the four and the X that you see over there. Um, and you could just have something ready for a stinger at the end. Right. Uh, that's me fanboying out. I, you know, I yeah. Well, they, like, they owe it to us at this point. <laughs> <laughs> they really do. And, and, and for the, for those, there's a lot of creators out there who think uh, fan entitlement is this bad thing. Um, right. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I, you really need to come correct on that one. Um, they, actually, that's, it, how did, video you, for that. do they have any concept of business and basic customer service? You know, I mean, just, but, and then, and, and to are. replace it with what, you know? Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, it's, it's a funny thing is the whole, what was, what's going on in comic books is starting to happen in TV and it's just, it's yeah. the same damn script all over again. And, uh, when this was brought up to the comic book creators, some of the comic book creators said, we're not in the customer service business. They actually said that. Yeah. We, yeah. We make art and you either like it or you don't, and we don't need to be nice to you. And it's like, wow. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. We'll see how that works out for you. I, I know guys who make art and they're on the streets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, but there's been so many lessons. I mean, Ghostbusters is one thing, but Star Wars, I never thought I would see something so massive just collapse and burn like that. And it, and, and they, they refuse to see it. They absolutely refuse. It. And they actually think the Captain Marvel success is a victory for Star Wars. <laughs> and uh, this, 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 that's the access media I'm talking about. They. Right, um, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let me congratulate you. On, when you found that sci-fi show with what's his name, Danny Roth, I believe. Yeah. Um, that was just pure gold. I, <laughs> in one minute, he's denying it. In the next breath, he confirms the whole damn thing. <laughs> I could not believe it when I heard it. And I actually sat on that for two days wondering if I should come out with it. Like, I mean, and my question was before I came out with it, I'm like, is he just stating the obvious? I mean, like everybody knows this. I mean, is it yeah. really going to be new to anybody? Um, and yeah, people, people ran with it. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I got on, uh, <laughs> I got on somebody's crap list. So that's good. And you know, you're doing <laughs> well. good. Yeah, I, I took the clips and used it on my show. I just like, oh, man, thanks, this man. is perfect. You know, and anybody so. can use my clips anytime for anything. Oh yeah, yeah. well, thank you. You're doing oh. you're doing the Lord's work. Oh, stop! You are. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, oh, we uh, you, your other uh, show you do is Exozone. I like to yes. give mention to that because of the great uh, Dictor Van Doomcock that co-hosts it with you and keeping the legacy alive, if you will, of the late great Art Bell. Yes. Um, okay. Art Bell. I don't have many heroes or, uh, in my life, uh, you know, like people I looked up to or something. I, I, mm -hmm. or, uh, I, I, I'm, I, I, I don't get jealous. I'd like to admire people. Art, Art Bell was fundamental in my life, although I never met the man. He was like the soundtrack of my twenties when, yeah. uh, you know, in the nineties, he was, uh, I would record his shows on cassette tape, listen to him over and over and over and over again. Uh, he's <laughs> the single best interviewer ever. He oh, yeah. treated everybody with such respect and best sets of humor ever. And I know he had a lot of demons in his personal life and, yeah. and don't we all, but, um, uh, yeah, I was crushed the day he died Yeah, and to be able to do this with Doomcock, and it was just, it was by accident. Um, one night I started up a live stream. I was bored. 
I was up. <laughs> I had too much pizza. And I'm like, I want to talk about Bigfoot. So I just turned on my live stream. And this is when I had like a couple thousand subscribers. And I started talking about Bigfoot. And Doomcock was listening. He's like, oh, man, I want in on this. So that's how the Exozone happened. Wow. He came up with the name. It's, it's, uh, and Doomcock, I hate to ruin his reputation, is like seriously one of the nicest people in the world. <laughs> like, no, he's like, a super villain. <laughs> a super villain, but man, he, like, he, he is way better at me than, than a lot of things. Uh, he's better at me getting back to his, uh, his messages and he, he takes the time with each person. He'll, he'll right, talk right. personally, like really good person. But, uh, it's fun to, to nerd out with him on this stuff because, uh, I don't know how, are, are you into it? Uh, I mean, I'm into some of it. I loved art bill. I worked nights at the time in my twenties and his show was just fun. You know, and a lot of that, it's just like sharing ghost stories, which he did also. Uh, when it comes to UFOs, some of it I'm not too convinced on, but every now and then there's a story that'll give me pause. And it's like with the abduction stories of Betty and Barney Hill and the lumberjack story. I forget the, the they did the movie uh, Fire in the Sky, which Travis, wasn't Travis accurate. Walton. Travis Walton. Yeah. Right. There you go. Those two, boy, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's, I am the same way. I know we talk about everything. Uh, we even talked yeah. about Phil Schneider. I, d I mean, I honestly, I didn't believe Phil Schneider's thing until he got killed. And then, yeah. uh, but um, <laughs> well. it, it was, it was Betty and Barney Hill and Travis, Travis Walton, I would say is when I saw that movie and then I, at first I thought the movie was full of it. Yeah. And apparently yeah. it did take liberties right. with the scary part. But yeah. everything else, they like left stuff out. And then I've listened to his interview and, and there's a couple people out there. Um, but he is the one who convinced me. Like I am absolutely convinced there's something and what it is. I don't know how right. far it is. I don't know. Um, I saw some video last night though on secure team that like, it's like one in a hundred videos I'll see that, that you just go, Oh crap. And then for like a split <laughs> second. I have this like realization because I'm going to be honest with you, folks. I talk about it all the time. I don't 100% believe it, but right. I have moments of it. So I saw a video last night on Secure Team, and this is the latest video. Go check it out. Okay. Um, with something flying across the moon, I'm like, that is freaking real. That is that is 100. Whatever it is, it's real. And then I had this realization, like for just a second, it was like it's really real like <laughs> what um and and then it goes away and i'm like then i go back to 75 percent believing it not yeah not yeah one. um it's it's weird there's there's the um you know there's it's been going around that all oh, ufos don't exist now it's going to be impossible we have drones the special effects are better than ever and i agree <laughs> with that 100 yeah. <laughs> but there's certain things you can't fake and a more more coming through was one of those i think that was a big big deal yeah I think right i know and it's like well what is that <laughs> you know? yeah and then the government coming out and the tic tac toe or the tic tac ufo yeah um, that the so there's there's this there's yeah there's little thing now there's things that you know i don't i don't think so like some of the pictures and stuff and i was like well that could just be a hubcap or whatever, you know? yep. and that sort of thing and and then you realize that some of it was cia you know says well we had planes to cover up and this sort of thing and yep. so how much of it was this or that and and so there's a lot of that to, to consider but still i you know like i said there's stories that do give me pause and that's the thing, you know, because I do not know. I'm agnostic on it. And there's just weird stories. It's like for the longest time, I said the Bigfoot stories can't possibly be true. But then every now and then there's one. Well, it's pretty <laughs> Something happened. I don't know what. And I so, you know, I just don't know. Oh, it, one of the things when you do an exozone, I don't know if you've covered it or not. But one that I came across was the, the Baltic Sea Anomaly. Oh yeah, we should talk about that. Yeah, that the, it's weird. the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> it's it is, and uh, there's also a Death Star in our solar system. It's a moon I, yeah, Saturn. yeah, yes. uh, yeah. It's it's bizarre, and when you see stuff like that, man, we can get into a whole deep subject. Oh yeah, you know, we like go on forever. The moon and like and there's um, the fun part about talking about this stuff is it's there's still mysteries in life. You know? Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's still, you know, like, you know, we, we, when we all grow up and, you know, Santa Claus isn't real, there's no such thing as magic, but yeah. you know, there could be aliens. <laughs> there could be, that's cool. Unless oh, there's, yeah. 
think it's over and it's bad. Yeah. So we're back where we started. Uh, the mystery box is cool, but you got to have the talent to make it work and pay off. <laughs> yes. So our creator, whoever the creator is, uh, yeah, hopefully they can uh, pay it off and it doesn't have to be a big, like Lord of the Rings battle at the end or yeah. half of us die. Oh no. Um, well, uh, I'll let you in on a, a, a clue. Uh, God will tell us it's all 42. So, yes, yeah. we apologize for the inconvenience. <laughs> <laughs> Last message to his creation. <laughs> I never laughed so hard in my life when I read that. Oh, man, do I miss Douglas Adams. I just, oh, good yeah. Lord, that's another uh, close to my heart. That And I love the original. The first, My first exposure to it was the TV series that they did, or the miniseries, rather. Uh, and I, I didn't care for the movie they did later, but, but, uh, it just, and then the radio show and then the books and all that. And, uh, boy, just a brilliant, brilliant talent and, uh, greatly missed. Absolutely. And, and uh, that would be one of those things I'd love to see made into a TV show. Like not now, maybe in a couple of years and maybe you can, uh, drag RTD back or, you know, I'm trying to think of somebody who'd be good. Yeah. Um, for, for Douglas Adams. Uh, I don't know that I want the BBC to do it. You know, no, I'd almost say have Neil Gaiman. be in charge Oh yeah. It, but, um, Cause Pratchett's gone. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah that, I know. I don't want the BBC to do it. They would have to do it, but I don't. Uh, the radio show's perfect. It's oh yeah. Um, my first experience was the radio show it was uh, on PBS. Oh wow. It, okay. It was on after, I think it was after the star Wars radio show. So, oh, okay. Um, yeah. Which is another cool thing. It expands on the story and everything. <laughs> it really does. I mean, if uh, if they ever wanted to redo the original trilogy, you make it a TV series and you base it 100% on that radio show. Yeah, that would, uh, that would be cool. But really again, cool. I don't want this current <laughs> version of Lucasfilm to do it. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, and that's the clearest thing. The clearest thing is what's going on with Disney, with Marvel and Di Star Wars in particular, is they want to get rid of the old characters. They just want them to shepherd the characters they're in control of. And I think I've pretty much figured out why they want to do this. Um, DC did something very similar recently. They changed their name from DC Comics to DC Entertainment. And yeah. that looks like pretty, you know, hey, they're getting more into films. And um, that also screwed the creators uh, of a lot of characters out of a lot of money because they turned into a new company. Wow. And that's why they did the new 52. That's why DC relaunches their universes so much is for creator rights. It's not even for a creative reason. No. It is yeah. um, the uh, the Seagull estate, I believe, right. a few years ago, damn near got control of superboy and i think clark can i not don't know for sure they yeah. got real close and uh i think they settled or something um and then dc changed to dc entertainment and uh marvel has a lot of there's a there's a lot of litigation uh probably they're they're probably getting sued by 50 people right now to be yeah with you, oh yeah these, these creating of superheroes you saw the, my roy thomas video yes roy thomas invented like 150 characters for the marvel universe and i think i'm estimating low there to be honest with you probably like, yeah uh, freaking adam warlock co-created adam warlock ghost rider uh um, luke cage you know i mean just like some of the biggies um <laughs> th there's probably somebody out there who invented a kid like howard the duck is a great one where the, the uh marvel doesn't own that much of the rights to him and uh I'm forgetting his name now. Has Steve to, Gerber. Yeah. Gerber, yeah, has to sign off on it. Yeah. Well, he's um, his estate. You mean? I think he his passed estate, away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, so boy. it's it's uh, it's it. I think that's what's behind a lot of it. It's like we want to get rid of Captain America. We could just change the mantle um, <laughs> instead of just because it's easier. Why don't you just you own the company? You have all the time in the world. You can have these characters exist. Invent new ones. Right. Uh, and then and but they don't want they they want the quick buck yeah because it does take time so yeah it's fast because it's got to grow on people and all that and oh man well I, yeah i knew they had had some settlement with superman and so they had to change him and do <laughs> it's just not gonna work and no. I, you're gonna have to come to an arrangement and pay the people I, absolutely and and it would be it would be cheaper to do that i think it's i to think yeah keep them from coming back and coming back but you just make the deal to where this is it you could never come back 
Um, yeah. But I know a friend of mine who will remain nameless uh, has a TV show right now. Okay. Um, you will be able to figure this out. I know one comic book artist. He has two TV shows, one that's coming out and one that's currently out. Uh, I'll give you the biggest hint. It premieres this Wednesday. His name is not on it anywhere. And this is an exclusive to the, to the Nelson pocket. I've never talked about this on my okay. show. So this is just for you. So his name has not ever appeared on this show. Although he co-created the, all the characters. He designed the character it's name after, named uh-huh. after. I was there when he designed this character. I wow. watched it happen. Um, his name was stricken from the record. It's buried at the very end. How many comic book properties have you ever seen where the co-creator doesn't get named at all? Um, he trusted somebody. Yeah. And somebody stabbed him in the back. That Jeez. happens all the time. Oh, yeah. Over, we're talking over thousands of dollars, not hundreds of thousands, not millions. We're talking thousands. They were willing to screw this man out of that. Jeez. So he learned his lesson, which is. Yeah. But, um, yeah, this crap happens all the time. I wish I could tell this story. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, yeah, the, the, and there's constant lawsuits, and they immediately say the guy's frivolous and he's not real. But now I'm thinking, I better give a second look to somebody because there's, there's yet another lawsuit against Walking Dead because there was another zombie comic that Image produced, and they're saying they stole the idea for the spinoff and all this sort of thing. And I'm thinking, well, it's probably true. It is. It, it's a pastime. <laughs> It's a pastime over there, and uh, <laughs> you know. Um, oh well, I, what can you do except make YouTube videos about it? So, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, please check out the Nerd Roddick channel. Uh, it's a uh, and the other channels we mentioned here. Uh, there's like a whole community building up. I'm trying to get into it, Gary. I have a very small channel. <laughs> well, we'll help it out. We'll help it out. We got to get you on. Uh, our channel and yeah just keep plugging away and, yeah uh, i gotta do doom patrol and i'll put my review up later tonight <laughs> what'd you think of the last episode i didn't see the last one just yet i saw last week the doom patrol is growing and i think it's their best it's way better than titans was oh man you gotta watch this this latest episode now. okay but the last one i mean i was just laughing through the whole visuals of the eye and everything <laughs> Yep, <laughs> and and I, the way I coach it is that obviously it's surrealism, but it it's it it hasn't quite gotten to the level of surrealism that Legion has, which I think perfected it. Uh, but this one, the, the charm and humor doesn't really matter anymore. It's its own thing, and I think it's 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 arrived. It has arrived, and I really regret not doing breakdown videos on it. I'm going to do my first. I'm going to try because I am paranoid about my al- the algorithm but i'm doing a f- my first <laughs> breakdown video of doom patrol in lieu of the orville uh this weekend yeah and this last episode i'm telling you is my favorite episode of the wow. series it is it is a, a gut punch and it's really well done and i guess it's done by the guy who did supernatural oh really <laughs> um, yeah so i mean uh who knew <laughs> yeah it's uh, i guess the first few seasons i don't think he's at supernatural anymore i'm not okay. sure i never Whatever watched supernatural so. is brilliant uh, uh uh cyborg is completely grown it, this is such a good episode for him um okay and uh crazy jane who was kind of annoying me doesn't annoy me anymore so yeah uh, I, I i got to that point myself because i thought you know at first god she's just pissing me off and i'm like Oh, yeah, she's supposed to. <laughs> yeah. That's who she is. <laughs> That's who she is. And uh, it's uh, I broke out all my Grant Morrison Doom Patrol comics. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to start reading them again. Right. And, I, and you got those came out in the 80s, the yeah. 80s, the late 80s. Um, yeah, and it's so ahead of its time because they're adapting it very well. I mean, they're yeah. having a new. Oh, yeah. It's new. totally Grant Morrison. Yeah. Yeah, and I was a little concerned because with Cyborg on there, and I was like, well, why isn't he on the Titans? He was never really in Doom Patrol and all that. And I was like, he's kind of the same thing as Robot Man. But, man, they worked it out, and it's just the relationships that makes it work. So I don't care. He's on the team. Good. <laughs> yep. It's so. And it's very strange what they're uh, – well, they're, 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 well, they're treating Nels Calder kind of like they did in the comics. He's kind of a mystery. See, yeah. the, the great thing, if you don't know what the Doom Patrol is, is folks it's the x-men kind of um and they only weirder 
just it's the weirdest thing <laughs> and I, and that's what i like about it it is weird superheroes and it really does explore like what if powers go wrong like right what, i mean you know, what if jimmy the street for for Pete's sake, and, um, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like there's an animal, animal, mineral, vegetable, vegetable man has a little brief appearance in this next. Oh, episode. really? Okay. Yeah, he does, and it's great. And uh, Alan Tudyk is Mister Nobody, and he's oh, yeah. narrating, breaking the fourth wall. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Really, uh, DC. I know they couldn't lead with this because nobody knows who the Doom Patrol is, right? But. Uh, it's I just mean, obviously a, a, a concept like Doom Patrol, I think, really awakened the creative juices for the team they've assembled for it, more so than just your basic superhero fare that uh, t- Titans was. Titans, I thought, showed potential. The Robin episodes were the best, which just reminds you that, gee, I want to I want to see a Batman show. <laughs> but Doom Patrol is its own thing. And it surprised me because I, I wasn't all that crazy about the Doom Patrol episode that they did. But. I, I I'm over that now. This is a good show. And I, I still can't say that there's enough there to recommend people plunk down the money for the app just yet. Um, because I think they need more shows to justify it. So I don't know how DC universe is going to do in the ongoing streaming wars. I, I'm kind of doing well, especially survive. when they're making their shows available on, uh, well, I guess it's internationally on Netflix. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's it's is it worth it to me? If you're a hardcore DC comic fan, yes. yes. If you're not, no. Right. Ho- yeah. Hopefully, they'll come out with like a Blu-ray. Oh um, yeah, they, they, Titans is out, isn't it? Yeah, I think. so. Yeah. Okay. So they'll they'll, they'll release yeah. it. So it deserves right. the love and it does deserve the attention. So if you like, you said, do check it out. Either wait for the DVD or Blu-ray, or if you're a DC fan, go sign up. So. All right, right. Gary, I don't want to take any more of your time here. I do appreciate you coming on, and I look forward to more of your videos. And uh, we'll stay in touch and uh, do it again sometime. Excellent. Yes, we will. All right. And I'll keep doing the Photoshops and images. (laughs) I love them. They're so great. (laughs) Oh, my God. They're hilarious. Mrs. Nerdrotic loves them. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Take care. Have a fun trip to Italy. And we look forward to hearing all about that when you get back. Thank you, my friend. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. The views and opinions expressed during the Mr. Nelson show do not necessarily reflect those held by RadioMisfits.com. So, any complaints and or comments should be sent to at Mr. Nelson on Twitter, where they will be promptly ignored and or blocked. Sure thing. Sorry I'm late. Well, you're not late. You're actually early. <laughs> I'm early. Oh, well, yeah. I thought it was five o'clock my time. Oh. Oh, is it? Maybe I got it wrong. Okay. Oh, Oh, yeah, you're right. All right. All right. All right.